1: strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God.
2: Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi everyone. It's good to be with you as we continue a theme. And if you were with us, you know that theme is robbing God. We started that subject by reading from Malachi 3 where the Lord spoke to the people that they were robbing him in their tithes and offerings, which brought a curse upon them. While that is true regarding tithes and offerings, it also is true that if we hold back anything from the Lord, which he claims we are going to suffer and the Lord withholds his blessing, just as he did with the people of Israel because they were withholding tithes and offerings. So this week we are speaking about robbing God in the area of wisdom. I'd like you to turn with us to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 1 to 5, and this is the scripture that we're basing everything on. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1, "And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified." And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And we see clearly that there were two ways of preaching, which really seems to me to be that there are two ways of receiving the word of God, whether we hear it or we read it, it's either going to be received in the wisdom of man or in the spirit and in the power of God. And basically there's virtually little, if any value in receiving the word of God in our own wisdom. For the word to be effective, we need to receive it in, scriptural, in spiritual apprehension and in revelation. And we rob God of his power By putting our confidence in our own wisdom and in our own
3: understanding rather than in the power and the spirit of the living God. And what we've also been speaking about is how it's more than just the preaching or receiving of that word, but it has to do with God's life coming alive and being a transforming power within us which enables us to do the word of God. So we receive it in the spirit of God when we're born again. And if we're not born again and you're a listener today, I encourage you to call out to God and ask him to come into your heart. Give him your life and you will begin to see and understand with God's wisdom rather than your own.
2: Yesterday we spoke about how do we know we're receiving the word and the spirit and power? And there are certain clear signs that will show this. For example, we spoke about the word, receiving the word, and it causes us to believe the word in our hearts and not in our natural intellect. We read Romans 10 verses 9 and 10, which says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, You shall be saved, for with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. And that led to the second sign that we're receiving the word properly. When we believe it in our hearts, it results in righteousness, and that is the righteousness of God. The third thing we pointed out was when we receive God's word in our hearts, resulting in righteousness, we become doers of the word and not merely hearers. And I trust that you know that in the epistle of James, he says that if we receive the word and hear it only and not doing, we are walking in deception. And God says, he said to his disciples, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So the doing comes out of the believing. And as June said before, out of our living, we will be doing the word of God. And the fourth sign that we didn't touch on yesterday is this. When we receive God's word in the spirit and power, we will live differently. Basically, our lives will change. Forgive me. I think we mentioned this yesterday, June, because I remember we referred back to John 8, verses 31 and 32, which says, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So this is how we need to hear the word, receive the word, and, of course, live the word. Rather than relying on our own wisdom, we need to rely on God. And really, Junie, if we go back and trace why we rely on our own understanding, we can go right back to the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. So if you have your Bibles, turn with us to Genesis chapter 3. I think this is really the heart of what we're talking about, and we see this happen right at the beginning.
3: And it's really true, Shelley, as you're looking up Genesis chapter 3, that when we want to find out the foundation of something, the root of something, the core or the heart of something, in the scriptures we should always go back, to where the example was in the beginning.
2: Well, let's go there. Genesis chapter three. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat from it or touch it lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you surely shall not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So we really see where the whole issue started, Juni, about relying on our wisdom, hearing a voice that was not of God and coming against the word of God. And the point is that she took from the tree because it says clearly in verse 6, She saw that the tree was desirable to make one wise. That's human wisdom.
3: And, Shelley, it's a very good beginning example, foundational, when we think of God warning us through his word of things that are right in his sight or wrong in his sight, sin in his sight, righteousness, right-doing in his sight, It's always for our own good. And when God spoke to Adam, even as Eve was a rib within him, God warned him not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was in the middle of the garden. And the Lord didn't say very much more than that, Shelley, but Eve understood that and knew that because Adam communicated it to her. But she added to the word of God and said, God had said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. And the Lord didn't say that. He said, you shall not eat of it or you will die. So in adding to the word of God, touch it, she saw with her eyes that it was a desirable thing. And when she took it, when she touched it, nothing happened. But she knew when she ate it, something did. Something died inside of her, Shelley, and she knew it. But she gave it to Adam. She gave it to her husband. And because her husband was with her, he actually desired a relationship with her more than obedience to the Lord. He ate of what God warned him not to do. So this is a very big lesson for you and me and every listener that when the Lord speaks to us and warns us through his word or sometimes in a dream or speaks to our spirit in um, his still small voice, we should always obey the word of God. Amen.
2: You know, it's interesting here, June. The word said she desired. Another word it was the tree was desirable to make one wise, and the Hebrew word for desire or desirous is chomad, and it not only means to desire, but it also means to covet. And of course, one of the Ten Commandments says, "Thou shalt not covet." So we need to be so careful. And go ahead, Junior.
3: Another that- Well, if you're going on to something else, I will say this, because coveting is within the Ten Commandments, so we know that that's a problem, God warned us. But our own desires... That's right. uh, Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself. That's our desire, Shelley. That's Mm -hmm. our life. Deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me. So we see that there is a way set before us by the Lord himself and how to follow him in his wisdom because no one, neither you nor I, want to take up a cross daily. We want to get rid of our cross. We want to overcome our cross. But Jesus made a way for us, Shelley. He led the way. He knew what would happen when he came to earth, yet he did it for every listener, for you and I, for the lost, for Israel, and for the church, that he died, that we might have eternal life with him, but also that we might be partakers of his life with him. It's very big, Shelley, and that's why I pray for our listeners. I pray for you and I that we would live not in our own wisdom, but in the wisdom of God. it's so
2: vital, Junie. And you know what I see also, as we come to a close, how we receive wisdom is a key. In other words, we need to rely on God providing wisdom, as we'll talk about tomorrow and Friday. He has, but Jesus has been made our wisdom. And if we seek other sources for our wisdom, that's just a, a selfish desire that... It's definitely selfish, but we're coveting something that God must give us, which, of course, is not coveting.
3: Or it could come out of fear. That's right. You know, we could turn elsewhere rather than to God and his word. And we've learned from experience, Shelley, haven't we, the pain and the ache to see when... Men, women, or children turn to men Probably and not to God.
2: Father, we thank you. Lord. Oh, Jesus Thank, thank you, you, you that you are the only true yes, way for you all of us. You are our wisdom. You are our source of wisdom, and may we seek you and wait to hear what the Spirit tells us and never he rob is you, the Lord. source of all truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Name.
1: Thank you for joining us this evening.